This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to the Inspirational, Informational, and Transparent Aviation Careers Podcast. Today, we answer your questions with Robert Geyer. Robert, hey, welcome to the podcast again. Robert, how you doing? Good, Carl. How are you? I am doing wonderful. I hear you're enjoying the surf today. You're on an overnight on a beach location. Yeah, I am down in uh, Fort Lauderdale. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, I'll be, uh, I'm gonna be walking around here and doing a little... Uh, a little uh, looking at boats or something here in a little while after we finish up. Oh, I am jealous. I'm jealous. Well, you're going to have a great day. And that's the cool thing about this job is that you do get some neat overnights, unfortunately, away from the family, but also, fortunately, away from the family, you get to rest a little bit. <laughs> uh, you know, Robert, we were just talking offline about the fact that uh, one of the things that can be a challenge uh, with this job is being away. That's when things usually go wrong, don't they? I think you said something about your heater breaking while you were on the road. Yeah, it sure did. Um, well, actually, just before I was getting to leave, uh, it uh, it took a dive. So uh, yesterday in the house, I got 51 degrees because for some reason, uh, November 13th, it decides that the temperature is going to drop to 31 degrees for the low in the uh, Houston area, which is actually pretty cold for that time of year. So yep, the heater went out and um, it was fun uh, making sure all that was getting fixed and all that while you're starting a trip. So yep, it definitely happens. Yeah, and that's tough to do because you got to juggle now. You got to juggle getting on your trip and then fixing that. So that's yep. uh, yes, that's do. that is uh, something you have to get used to in this lifestyle of being an airline pilot or any job where you travel a lot. You just have to make sure you have your ducks in a row and uh, have all the phone numbers ready to go if something breaks, an air conditioner, heater, etc. So let's get going with some of the questions. But first, uh, I do have a few announcements. Number one, I know that uh, some of you folks have been saying, you, uh, <laughs> some people make fun of us, that our questions are many months behind. Right now we're on May 23rd of 2018. We're still on those questions. And like I said, I'd love to do a daily show. We just don't have the time for it right now. Uh, but we will try to try to pump out a few more podcasts. Right now, we're going to keep it as a weekly, just because I'm so busy, uh, you know, doing things with the flight team and stuff like that. Which I got to have an announcement there too. But if you want to talk to me directly or one of our coaches, you just go to aviationcarespodcast.com. The courses, uh, go to career coaching and sign up for an hour. If you've already signed up, of course, you know how to schedule me for that hour. I know my schedule's been really busy, so you might want to take a look at it first just to see. Uh, you know, one, I might be available. Sometimes it's a week or two weeks out. Sometimes you get lucky, and you might get one for the next day. Uh, but specific questions and career coaching, counseling, you know, what to do, how to fix your resume, that type of thing, uh, we can work on those things, getting you ready for an interview. Our interview prep course is going really well. It's slow, but it's going well. Uh, we're just, and we're also trying to get some uh, feedback from Jeppesen to allow us to use some of their charts on the videos. Right now, we're we're using the government charts. Uh, so, other things too, scholarships guide. I know we're getting a lot of feedback there about the scholarships guide. If you do purchase it on Amazon, remember I need to see the copy of the actual receipt. Uh, send it to us. Uh, we don't a we can't access Amazon's receipt system. So if you did purchase it on Amazon, you want your one year access from the data purchase. Make sure you send us that receipt. Otherwise. Best way to do it is just go out to the scholarships guide and sign up there. Uh, we keep getting more and more scholarships, and we're working directly with a lot of the administrators for these scholarships. Uh, many of the people are giving away half a million dollars, million dollars of scholarships, but we love everybody. 
everybody, all the organizations that give anywhere from ten, twenty, thirty, fifty dollars, all the way up to fifty thousand dollars. We really, really appreciate those folks. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in some of the questions, but first, an announcement. I talk about this a lot. I'm involved with a, a flight team uh, that's a National Intercollegiate Flying Association team. And we have these conferences that are called the Safety and Flight Evaluation Conferences, or SAFECON. And the way it works, it's a college flight team. They have regional competitions, and then they have the national competitions. Well, we're Region 9 here in Florida. It includes Georgia and Alabama. And we went up and competed in Jacksonville University recently. That's the reason you didn't hear a podcast go out last week. And Jacksonville, they were the host of the uh, at Herlong Field. I've never been to Herlong Field. That was really cool. The only thing is there's tons of aerospace space around it. You know, you have Cecil, a couple other naval air stations. Uh, so that was a bit of a challenge getting in and out of there for the cross-country competition. But we competed with Embry-Riddle, Auburn University, Jacksonville University, FIT, and of course us. And it was a really good competition. We had a lot of folks. We're finally, you know, it's been taking me about four years to form the team, but we're finally getting a lot more interest for a couple reasons. If you have, uh, if you're interested in going to college or you have uh, friends that are involved in collegiate aviation, tell them to look at uh, the flight teams. This has been around. We're going into our 75th anniversary of flight teams uh, or the Intercollegiate Flying Association. And what we do is we compete both on ground events and flying events. Of course, everybody wants to fly, but to win the competition, you need to have a good ground game. So uh, we, you have to make sure you can do things like E6B competitions, aircraft recognition. Uh, there's a, a cross-country uh, written co- competition. Then in the airplane, there's power-off landings, precision landings with power. There's cross-country flying. Uh, there's a thing called message drop, which everybody loves because you get to throw stuff out of the airplane. It's just a two-ounce thing. It has a message in it. It's really a lot of fun. You have to try to hit a target, a tarp on the ground. But we do, you collect all these points and then you move forward and and uh, and you either you know you win certain medals in in the competition and you win uh, prizes uh, we win uh, different awards and trophies and not only that here's the really important part of it if you're listening and you're in collegiate aviation the recruiters are there they are right there usually the vice president of recruiting for the regionals etc I spent a lot of time talking to the VP of recruiting over at uh, uh, Republic and also Envoy and Endeavor. They were there. They're all the sponsors, and they are right there talking to you directly. They're not. They're doing it a little differently. In the past, they would do a lot of interviews uh, right at the events. I talked to a lot of them. They really are just kind of taking names and uh, telling you to contact them directly. Things have changed. They want to see you. They want to get you interested in their airline. Um, back years ago, I mean, you never heard of this type of thing happening. But one thing I want to do, though, is get you interested. So go to our website and look at the link we have. And in that link, I wanted to congratulate my team, of course, uh, the Polk State flight team, the Polk State Eagles. Uh, we have some medal winners on our team, and I just kind of wanted to give a shout-out to those medal winners while, while I'm doing this. And I think it's really important because one of the things I really love about the, the team and the flight team and our team especially is that I always teach to win and win with integrity. Uh, many times we see people that kind of bend the rules or try to do things that, that really aren't you know, within the spirit of the competition or whatever it is we're doing. You're going to carry this into the rest of your life. You, when you're competing, never cheat. You know, If you even see, say, even a coach or a, a, a competitor or whatever on the other team doing something that may not be cheating but you know, doesn't seem really, you know, moral possibly or hasn't been done with integrity 
don't go down that path. You know, you have to live with yourself. Winning a competition like this isn't that important. It's great. We want to win. But the most important thing, you have to live with yourself. And uh, so that that's really the most important thing. But with all that said, I want, do want to shout out to the people that did a great job uh, for placing in the regional competition at our school. Uh, the first one is computer accuracy. That's like with the uh, E6B computer. Remember those days? Those were kind of, that was difficult. I know a lot of folks say, hey, I could never use that thing again. But 10th place goes to Marshall Richmond on our team. Uh, aircraft pre-flight uh, competition, that's where you go out and they take uh, an airplane. You look at it beforehand and then they bug 30 items at least 30 items on the aircraft and you have to figure out what those items are and in that aircraft pre-flight uh competition we have uh, ryan miles got sixth place and maddie zuli got ninth place aircraft recognition that's another one that's done in a conference room they quickly throw up on the screen what that aircraft is you got to name that aircraft and uh not only that that's not that easy because it's very quick uh jensen howe got eighth place there uh, another one was ground trainer. Ground trainer is, remember the old frascas that you would fly, the old simulators, you know, not glass. Well, they can be glass, I should say. Uh, in this competition, it was a, a newer frasca, but any of those, oh, any of those, the old frascas, new frascas can be used and you have to fly a certain pattern. We don't really do the A and B pattern like we used to do in instrument training, but it kind of goes back to that. So you have to fly a pattern. If you uh, fly it precisely, you place, and that was Jensen Howe got eighth place on that. Uh, or excuse me, you got ninth place on that one. Uh, message drop, like I said, you have a pilot, uh, and then you have the drop master. The drop master is the person that gets graded because they tell the pilot to turn left or right, and they drop it out of the airplane. And ninth place was Zach Carter and Ryan Miles, the pilot of that one. Uh, in navigation, we have to navigate across a course, and your time. They use two bad elves in the airplane. Those are uh, GPS uh, recorders, and uh, they'll actually take those and make sure you flew the, the route properly. And the ninth place goes to Jensen Houck, the pilot, and Casey Kalita, the safety observer. And then for short field landing, uh, that's where you try to put it on a specific point. And uh, the seventh place goes to Justin Gentle. So anyway, guys, congratulations. If you want to see a link to all that information, uh, just check out, do me a favor, check out Polk State Flight Team. Because uh, one of the things, another really cool thing is we're hosting the Region 9 competition right here. It's actually being hosted by Sun and Fun. We're going to be the host college, and it is going to be a blast. A lot of folks are going to be excited to be here because we can all do it right here. Sun and Fun has a little bit of experience of hosting these events. So I want to take the time to do that because that is what I spend a lot of time doing is trying to get uh, these folks ready for the competition. As a matter of fact, today is our first day for next year for the competition, so we're going to start getting ready. Anyway, again, hats off to the whole team, everybody, for the effort they put forth and also for making me proud that they actually competed and they won with integrity and uh, they were with well within the spirit, I think, of the, of the competition. We all really want to win. Uh, but we want to win within the rules, and that's very important. That'll be very important in the rest of your career. There's going to be so many times that people are going to ask you to do things that aren't within the rules. They're not safe, uh, and they're not legal. So that was one hats off because I know nobody even thought about doing anything outside of the realm of the competition in the spirit of the competition. So anyway, Robert, let's get started with some of the questions. Like I said, May 23rd is uh, the question that we're up to. So here we go. First question comes in. Uh, it says, I'm 23 years old, graduated a year ago with a bachelor's degree in construction management. I'm also currently working on my private pilot license. I've been listening to your podcast since the fall. 
I'm wondering what route I should take after completing my private pilot license, whether it be an accelerated flight program or there are other options. I've been leaning towards an accelerated flight program and then flight instructing. I'll be relocating after completing the private in a couple of months from Alabama to Tampa, Florida to live with my folks to save as much money as possible. Great idea, by the way. Number one, am I still available for scholarships? Yes, you are. There's scholarships for all ages. Uh, the Primarily, most scholarships, yes, they're for the younger folks, uh, meaning the folks that went from co- uh, high school into college and for the people that are in college. But then there's a whole section of other scholarships for other people to go forward in their career. So it's kind of like two halves. You know, you have the ones that are more specific, high school and college, and then you have the other half that are more for people to move forward in the career. So yes, there's, there's definitely scholarships out there, and we keep adding more and more uh, every it seems like every day oh my gosh it's it's so incredible what's happened lately there's so many people coming out of the woodwork saying hey we have scholarships for that and uh, because of you know my association with sun and fun and doing the radio station there and also with with other things it really is is has just been a blessing to be able to push those along to you scholarships guys ten dollars right now for one year access so i highly recommend it uh, number two is question was seeing as i have a lot of time before i'm ready to do to apply to the airlines what would be some of the things I could do to build my resume beyond flight hours that the airlines would love to see? Uh, so he says, thanks for your podcast. Very encouraging and helpful. More than anything, it gets me excited and antsy to keep going to continue this career path. Well, I am so excited about that. As far as things that you could do today, uh, obviously beyond building your resume, just start that out. Is uh, I'm a big fan of getting uh, your um, LinkedIn profile done, but also other things you can do, and Robert will add to this, is number one, make sure you have your medical. Number two, and make sure when you get your medical, if there's any issues that you get those completed, uh, if you have any special issuances that you have to do, et cetera, you won't know that till you go talk to your aviation medical examiner and tell them what you want to do. Make sure they know that you want to be a career pilot. Uh, and then the next thing you want to do, Make sure you get your restricted radio telephone operator's permit. Actually, there was a comment uh, made to me yesterday. I probably should put a video together as to how to get that certificate. One of the funny things about uh, the FCC is when you go to get your licenses, if you notice when you go through the process, they don't really tell you what it costs. They won't like put it out there because the cost varies and changes. It really doesn't change that much. But it's about $75. Don't quote me, of course, because they can change it at any time. I really wish they put the price out there. But I think it's a good idea to actually uh, help you navigate through that page. I have a link to that, and you can actually – I'll put it on Aviation Careers Podcast to go get your FCC license. Another thing you should get is work on getting your passport. No matter who you fly for, you're going to need your passport. Some of the smaller uh, folks locally in the U.S., you may not, but you know, 90% of them, they really want you to have a passport. So definitely go out there and get that done. Restricted radio, telephone operators, permit, and the passport. And now start putting a list together of the airlines you want to fly for. I suggest putting a folder. A lot of times people put folders on a computer. Get to know all these companies and start really understanding them. So that's what I have as far as things that, that you should do. So Robert, uh, what other suggestions would you have for him to, st- you know, what he should start on doing now, even though he has some time? Well, um, I, the... <laughs> Kind of funny going back to the radio, uh, the uh, radio operator's permit. I, I did not do that. No. And <laughs> until I got the interview invite, I didn't even know what one was. And so that was a whole goat rope because I was pretty clueless back then to try to get that uh, together before the, uh, before the interview. So anyways, yes, do that because it'll save you a lot of trouble. Um, yeah, I think those are all good suggestions. Um, and uh, I would 
one of the things too, if uh, you're looking to be a solid candidate, make sure wh- how you're doing your logbook now, uh, a very neat, clean way. Keep that going. Just start that habit of keeping a clean logbook, maybe an electronic one, so you don't have to go back and, and fix a bunch of problems um, when it comes time to get the interview. Um, as far as things to one, that's cool. He's learning to fly in Tampa, by the way. I'll just mention that. Uh, I'm trying not to get all nostalgic, but a great place to learn how to fly, so good choice. Um, but uh, with the... Um, the, as far as expanding your uh, your resume that airlines like to see, I think he said something about wanting to be a flight instructor uh, at one point in time. Um, I would say go for things like get a ground cert, uh, instructor certificate if you can, or go for your gold uh, your gold, uh, gold seal. seal. Uh, yeah, thank you, the gold seal for the flight instructing. Um, things that uh, that can set you apart that show that you've uh, really uh, invested in your aviation career. Um, those would be big resume builders. And maybe, Carl, you can speak more to this. Even uh, get involved in the safety seminars. Because didn't you use this? Uh, 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 weren't you involved in the safety seminars for a while? Uh, yeah. Pres- Actually, Carl? I still am. I'm uh, a, a lead rep with a uh, FAST team, FA safety team. And they have those seminars uh, where you can go for free. And so it's fasafety.gov, by the way, to go find it. And uh, you're right. That's a great thing to get involved with. It shows you're putting the extra effort forward, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I would think I would come at it from those views too, with the, obviously the practical stuff like you were saying. Make sure you're ready for that phone call, but also um, find some things in your area that you can do and get involved in that are kind of extras, or or maybe volunteerisms, or maybe join the the, the angel flight um, uh, organization where you can do that on the side for a little bit. Something that um, shows that you're you're well involved and and uh, you have that extra volunteerism. Uh, to go with uh, with your resume that you could put on that resume. Uh, with the regionals, right now, the current state of the regional hiring right now, it probably won't make a difference if you meet the uh, the flight time and uh, you've got a clean record, you're probably going to get hired. But, uh, you know, that could change at any time. So it would be good to have that stuff under your belt. Um, with the majors, it becomes very important to have that kind of volunteer work under your belt. So uh, those would be my suggestions, find ways that you can do stuff. Um, uh, it's busy, busy schedule flying and flight instructing, but if you can find those extra things to do that you can put on your resume, I think that would be very beneficial. There, and you know, Robert, especially where you taught, there are so many people doing other things, uh, angel flights and cancer angel flights, uh, I forget what they call that, but, uh, you know, uh, Pilots and Paws. I mean, that that's a very active community. Just yeah. some great people out there helping out other people. And, you know, people even get involved in Mission Aviation. Now, that's a big commitment usually. Uh, but you can get involved in Mission Aviation without going away. You can actually become a uh, – or, or any of these organizations. You can become a rep right within the country, and, and you don't necessarily have to fly, but it does show that you have a passion for – for aviation and also for people and helping people. I love the fact that you said that, Robert, is, is volunteerism is, is really incredibly important, especially at the majors. That, that kind of a subtle thing you said there, and I kind of want to point this out, is the fact that, yeah, the regionals are hiring so much, but even though there's a, there's a, a, a shortage, it just means there's a, a lack of the qualified candidates that they want at the majors. You still have to set yourself apart. Um my airline, I think it was, a, we announced 275 open positions, and we have thousands of people applying for those positions. I'm sure where you are is the same way, Robert, right? Yeah, and it absolutely is. So when you when you have someone, um, and even at the regional level too, when you're sitting down with someone and you're interviewing them and you're looking at their resume and you're like, oh man, okay, well you got your, your uh, gold seal um, flight instructor. And for those that don't know, that means that you've... Um, 
with the gold seal thing and and Carl you were a gold seal weren't no, you No actually I was a I was a master CFI I never got my gold seal Oh okay um I don't know why <laughs> I thought that so I'm getting you confused with someone else sorry <laughs> No everybody <laughs> assumes I did but I got the master CFI which is a lot tougher to get but I never did go do the gold seal and that's what the point you're about to make as far as getting your ground instructor I never got my ground instructor certificate yeah, so those those things are if you're sitting down and you're a recruiter or or you're in an interview and you're going okay these this guy's got or this person or or a woman or whoever you're sitting down and you're going okay they've got look at this resume oh okay well this person obviously has put a lot of work into their career um, you're looking at that resume and going okay you're you're thinking all right this person's a pretty well-rounded individual and i think that's really what the point is that you want to see when you're building those resumes so yes absolutely the practical school stuff the radio uh permanent <laughs> save yourself the trouble really that was a huge headache for me of <laughs> waiting <laughs> the last minute do all that stuff but also think of Look for think outside the box. Look for ways. Okay, what can I do to really make myself stand out here and and show that I'm I'm fully invested in in my career here. So um, I, that would be my suggestion. So speaking of the FCC license, Robert said that, and he's no stranger to the FCC. Robert, you're actually very active. Uh, you're uh, amateur radio operator, correct? I am, yeah. And so you've been through this process with licensing, et cetera. So it, it's still, it, they haven't made it that easy, have they? No. Um, <laughs> and there's a whole lot to it when you apply. You got to go on our website and they give you something called an FRN um, number, which is like your reference number for, and it's individual tailored to you. And it, it's not very intuitive at all. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's not, it's not an easy process, especially if you've never done it, um, which at the time I never, I, I was like radio, radio permit, uh, you know, radio, t- radio telephone. Like, what is this? Well, like, oh, I need this, and I'm looking at the the sheet that they give you. Oh, bring this to the interview, and I'm going, uh, mm. <laughs> so yeah, uh, it was not very fun trying to scramble to figure that out. So do figure out that process. You got, like you said, Carl, go to the FCC. Uh, the website, you know, go in there and, and you can start applying for that and have it done. And I do remember, I think right now it is a about $75 again. Don't quote me either on that, but um, yeah, get, get that kind of stuff squared away. Passport, make sure you have all that done. Um, those are things that you want to have all those ducks in a row before you get the call. Trust me. Just trust me on that. You know, another thing I forgot to mention too is you can actually go get your FA uh, records for free. I mean, if you've been through a bunch of certificates and stuff, I mean, obviously this person hasn't, but it's good to review that right before you go because every so often there's a mistake in your records. You just go out there, the FA.gov under certifications, pilot certifications, and ask for your records. And uh, it's kind of weird the way it comes to you. Uh, there's, it's kind of jumbled, it seems, but at least you know there's nothing on there that stands out like oh i failed a check ride for my commercial license oh, wait a minute i didn't take my commercial license i need to fix that one you know those, those are the little things that doesn't happen but once in a blue moon but you really need to take a peek at that so i've known a couple people that's happened to especially when you get in the airlines a record keeping gets messed up and they'll say oh you busted a you know a check ride or a pc or something like that i've had i've known people have had to go back and correct those records with the airline to get it clear off their uh their priya on the on the uh, FAA report. So yes, it, it does happen. 
So that was a good follow-up. Not only for those that are going to the regionals, now you're at a regional trying to go to the majors, and, and now they've messed up your records there. So it, it, it everybody, people make mistakes. So uh, yeah. good point, Robert, is to make sure you go back and, and check your records. And when they ask you, by the way, when they we get a Priya request, when this is when you move on to semi the other, the majors, or saying you're in an environment where you're being checked in a 141 school, check that you want to get a copy yourself of your records. So if there is an issue, you will see it. They'll send you. They have to send you a copy of the records uh, if you check the box. So look at that on your, your pre-application form. Um, but uh, good stuff, Robert. I tell you, there's a lot to prepare for, amazingly enough. And even if you, you're not even at the point where you have your private pilot certificate, start looking at all those things. Anyway, let's move on to the next question. Uh, this person writes in says, uh, I'm currently a 37-year-old photographer looking to make a switch into the airline industry. I have about 60 hours of flight time from about 10 years ago, but never unfortunately acquired my private pilot certificate. I'm currently looking into the Zero to Hero programs as a means to transition. I was looking at ATP as the means to get there, although I know that the aviation education is primarily self-driven, which actually works pretty well for me. Currently working my way through several aviation books, including my old flight training book, as a means to get ready for the program. Currently working on getting my first class medical to ensure that I can, and finding my old logbook so I can claim those hours. Long story short, I found pathway programs as a zero pilot to a first officer with a major airline in like four years. Would this or similar programs for other major airlines be a better plan as far as a better education and or path to get into the majors? I want to lean towards the pathway programs, but with my family, three daughters from two to ten, I'm worried that the months of training might be too disruptive for the family. Being able to do all my training through ATP seems less disruptive. Can a self-motivated learner get a quality education through ATP and make it to the majors in a reasonable time, say four to five years? A simple answer is yes, they can. I've seen it happen. Um, but going back to the pathway programs, one of the interesting things about these pathway programs and uh, gateway programs are saying all sorts of things at different airlines, and, and a lot of airlines are doing those, is that many times those programs can be more expensive and take more time to get to the majors. As far as being prepared for the majors, you will be when you go through those programs. These gateway programs, uh, these pathway programs, whatever you want to talk about, they are, will get you prepared. It's just that right now, the way the situation is in the industry, and most of, most of these programs know this, is that they're hiring so quickly. You could do it on your own, going through your own, you know, ATP into a regional onto the major, in less time than possibly going through the pathway programs. You're talking a four-year period. I've seen people do it in two to three years on their own. Uh, so that's something to look at. I mean, I, I really think these programs are doing with the airlines. They're they should have been doing these 20 years ago. I think it's a great idea. Uh, it, it hooks people into that specific airline and it also shows that they kind of care about the community. But I, I more than can tell you, you can get to where you want to go doing this type of program. As a matter of fact, at the airline I'm at right now, uh, when he retires, uh, one of the guys I worked with as a student pilot will be the number one person on the seniority list at this airline. And he went through a similar process going to, uh, to a zero to hero type of, of program. And I'm sure Robert, you've, probably met some people who have done the same thing oh yeah yeah absolutely um you know i have a couple of thoughts on that too with with, with what he's saying to do i'm, I'm always going to lean towards 
doing what's best for the family, honestly. Um, and I don't, I, I don't, I don't discourage this kind of pathway programs at all, but, uh, I, right now in the current environment, I think it's, it's simply, uh, uh, well obtainable to to go through and, and do it close to home so that's always my vote i lean on the side with the family so uh, yeah uh, but yeah i do know some people have been through uh you know gone through on their own and and are doing great so in fact uh, uh, the person we're talking about i think we we both know uh the one you just mentioned is that uh, if i'm not mistaken they uh, came out mm-hmm. of our flight school right mm-hmm. yep yep it, it did so uh it's uh and he's you know he did it very quickly uh, and was able to get to the majors very, very fast. He he went on another path, and boom, 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 he went right through it. And I, I give him a lot of credit. Uh, and uh, he's actually senior to me. And uh, he started, you know, over 10 years later than I did uh, working for the airlines. By the way, another point there is be careful how you treat people in the industry because the person that's in your right seat today will be your captain tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that's true, isn't it? Yeah, and that's a great example of it right there. You know, one of my students actually, uh, I haven't actually flown with him as captain, but he will be my captain at some point, I'm sure, where I work. So that can happen. Uh, you know, they kind of flip-flop depending on it's a little bit of luck. You know, you go to an airline that uh, gets down on their luck or has financial issues, and, and that can happen. Um, by the way, another thing, just a point here. People, I think now that the one problem with having a good economy, if there can be one, is I think we get a little complacent sometimes and people say, oh, we'll never have another recession. We'll never have furloughs again. But do remember, and please look at the at all the news out there, there are airlines that are laying people off. And there are airlines that have had to shift pilot populations around. And on a global perspective, that has been happening also. So just you know, make sure you look at, you know, the financial status and the status of the airline in general, because if you're going to an airline that suddenly loses all its flying, uh, kind of similar to what happened where I was, we lost a whole bunch of flying at the regional I was working for, you could actually wind up having a situation where you may have a furlough, even in a good economy, and it can happen. So business is business, no matter what. Businesses can fail in good and bad economies. Although I will say one thing, I like the the management environment now. People at the airlines that run airlines are actually trying to make money, and I think that's terrific, <laughs> especially for us, especially for those of us that are that are working there and want a secure job and have a retirement. That's for sure. Yeah, I was going to ask too, Carl, with the with the pathway programs. You might know more about certain pathway programs. Um, but does that lock you into that airline? That's my understanding of it. Like you're locked into that airline. Whereas if you went the route of, you know, as as this uh, rider wrote in, um, would that open up more options for for him to pursue other avenues uh, for more freely than if he went with a pathway program? Or you or are you pretty set in stone with the airline that you're doing the program with? So it depends on the airline. You have to look at your contract. Um, like the folks that I help out overseas in Europe and do the interview preps for some of those, they actually are locked in. Uh, they have to stay within the program. They can't go anywhere else. They're going to go in as a first officer eventually. Uh, in the U.S., it varies. For the most part, actually, you don't have to stay with that program and get hired into that airline. You could actually go to work for another airline. Uh, I know a comment was made that, gosh, you know, we've lost a lot of people to the other airlines uh, within certain programs. I've been talking to some administrators, and it, this is true of a couple of different ones. So uh, you may see that change a little bit, but it's it's hard to do. It's like, hey, listen, you're pay, if you're paying your own money for that program, normally 
they will not make you stay with that airline. If they're giving you money to go through the program, normally you're going to have to stay within that program and in that career path. So uh, that is usually the distinction that I've seen. Many of these programs now uh, are allowing people to go wherever they want, which is kind of cool. And it's neat what they're doing for the industry as a whole. Uh, and if you look at it from that viewpoint, but, uh, but for them specifically, it can be a challenge sometimes because think about this, you're an airline and you spent all this time with an individual and now they decide to go to the other airline, your competitor, and you're a little disappointed sometimes, but you realize, Hey, you know, we didn't pay for any of this. All we did is put some time into it. So some of the airlines look at it more as an outreach type of thing, helping youth in aviation. I think that's really cool. Uh, some airlines look at it more as a, a lock-in kind of a process. It's the same with flow-through programs where you have these flows that you're locked into that position on the flow and you can't actually apply outside it. Or you have other ones where you can, even though you're in a flow-through or a pathway program, et cetera, you can actually apply around it. So to answer your question, it depends. It really, You have to really look at the fine print on the contract. So, so I, I guess so. If he's making that decision, read the fine print. Exactly, <laughs> read your contract. Yes, yes, definitely read your contract. Um, and and like I said, there are some out there, and some of the originators of these pathway programs in the U.S. didn't make you sign a contract, and still don't. I and I hats off to them for doing that because they're really helping the industry. Um, but unfortunately, the downside is. Uh, the fact that you know they may lose that person, but they think they're doing something well, good for the industry, and they are. So I think that's really, really cool. Well, Robert, you know what? We got through May, uh, all of May's questions. We're uh, we're in November, so we're getting there. Not uh, we're and I love having questions come in, and I really want people to keep bringing them in. The feedback at Aviation Careers Podcast, if you have a question. Uh, but I do have one more. The first one in June, I do want to kind of go over. It's more of a comment. Uh, and uh, this kind of goes back to a situation I had in my, my life. So let, let me just read this one letter from somebody because I think it's, it's really inspirational. I kind of want to finish off with this one. So let me, let me go check this out here. It uh, comes in from an individual. It says, hello, Carl. This is the first time I've written to you, so you don't know me, but I was compelled to write today after hearing your latest Aviation Careers podcast episode. I'm sorry to hear of your father's passing, and I thank you for sharing the wonderful tribute to him, both in the video and especially in your podcast. I'm sorry for your loss, and at the same time, I'm also grateful for your touching, your touching way of bringing it to us, the world, and into your world. You're amazing in your capacity to turn a sorrowful event in your life into an inspirational message to us all. Thank you. Well, I'm writing, I have to tell you that you have been a tremendous inspiration to me personally, for some time, and I want you to know how much I appreciate everything you do. I happened upon your Aviation Careers podcast accidentally, and I'm so glad I did. I'm a little older than you are, and I admit that podcasts previously were a limited part of my life until recently. You see, I'm medically grounded as an airline pilot. As the months of grounding have dragged on, I felt I needed additional ways to keep my mind in aviation while I worked to recover to the point that I can get my medical back. I picked up on Aviation Careers Podcast because I do a lot of mentoring and volunteering with youth development and aviation programs, Boy Scouts, Civil Air Patrol, EAA, 99s, etc. I already do a lot of aviation reading, and I've also decided to study for my advanced ground instructor certificate while I'm grounded. 
Studying for the AGI is helping me become a better mentor, especially since I had largely not kept up with general aviation during the years I was in the Air Force and working for the airlines. I got my start in general aviation, but life circumstances made it difficult to get back into it. My recent health challenges started with an encounter with breast cancer early last year, and then some subsequent complications. I'm a single mom in addition to being an airline pilot, so when I was abruptly grounded and suddenly immersed in medical treatment and unwelcome limitations, my whole world got a lot smaller and more challenging. Your podcast and your encouraging attitude have been very helpful in distracting me from what is not so good in my life and has helped me focus on what is great. I'm grateful that my health has already improved from where it was, and I know it will get better, and I will get back my medical. So I try to keep the positives always in mind. Thank you for everything you do. I can tell you that volunteerism and giving back are important to you as they are to me. Your personal efforts are truly appreciated, and they undoubtedly reach further than you can imagine. You're speaking to a wide range of people in your podcast, and speaking for myself, I can tell you that you're a godsend. I love hearing your encouraging message, and I'm grateful that your voice is as close as my podcast app. I'm grateful to you, and I hope you pass on my sincere thanks to everybody who supports you and your fellow podcasters in your mission of spreading information and encouragement. I do hope to meet you sometime and say hi. I hope to be traveling again soon, and maybe I'll see you somewhere on the road. Well, I tell you what, we hope to see you on the road. We hope that you will work towards getting your medical back, and uh, and their prayers and thoughts are definitely out to you, to your family, uh, to your child, and to everybody around you. And I really thank you for for that message uh, and uh, that challenging situation in my life. And and that's kind of something I learned from my dad is just to make you know every situation as positive as possible. And when you're volunteering, sometimes you focus more on other people and sounds like you've done that. And that's, you know, Robert was talking about it. Volunteerism is very important. And, uh, I think it is in my life. I think it's in Robert's life and everybody's life. It, it, it seems like it fills other buckets, you know, but it fills yours even more. So I really highly recommend you're getting into, uh, some type of volunteerism. Well, with that, I'd like to close the podcast. I know this is uh, oh, this was so encouraging to hear from you, and I, I want you to follow up and let me know how things are going. And I can't wait for you to get back in the airplane uh, to, for some encouragement. By the way, just to let you know, my last trip, and, and I'm very fortunate that we're, we're doing this uh, podcast today, and your your message came through on my very last trip. I flew with a gentleman. Uh, who had lymphoma and uh, just recently got back into the cockpit and is flying again uh, and had a wonderful and a very positive personality, kind of like you do, and I think that's great. And uh, that's something that's really important is to keep that positive mental attitude as you're going through these challenging times. And, and I know that uh, you'll get better, and uh, we'll all be thinking about you and praying for you. But I, again, I appreciate this, and I appreciate any letters from people and letters of encouragement, but I really wanted to read this letter because it really has touched me, and, and I'm sure it'll touch many of you, the listeners. Well, folks, I really appreciate uh, your listening. I appreciate Robert coming on and all the other hosts, by the way, that come on here and volunteer their time to help to get the message across that you can do it. You can actually become whatever you want, whatever career path you choose. It's We've chosen aviation. Most of you that are listening are going to airlines to be a pilot, a mechanic, a flight attendant, uh, somebody in management. But just remember that one of the, the ways that you can really get towards your goal and make it to where you want 
like in the airline industry, no matter what, is just just look at this. It's, I know it's a mountain, but if you just do something really small, it doesn't have to be anything that large. If you just take one step today to move forward with your career, with your life, no matter what it is, whether it's reading something, whether it's listening to something, whether it's asking for advice from somebody, you will get there. You will definitely get to your career goal. Well, folks, I appreciate your listening. Safe flying, and we'll talk to you next episode. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although hosts or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler, all rights reserved.